Well, good morning, everyone. Um, the very first thing we, we're going to do is just uh, read a, a verse of scripture together. So would you like to find Ephesians and chapter 6? It's a famous passage where the Apostle Paul, who's writing to the church in Ephesus, he's saying that the, the Christian life is like a, like a war, and just as soldiers need all of their equipment when they go to battle, he then uses that imagery to talk about the different weapons that we need. And kind of at the culmination of this description of battle, he gets, I guess, to the heart of the matter, and he talks, well, let me say what he says, verse 18, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. I'll read it again. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. So the theme of what we're looking at this morning is all kinds of prayer. And uh, that's what we're going to be taking some time to, to look at. Just to uh, introduce myself, if you haven't met me before, my name's John Bearden. I'm married to Nikki over here. Nikki's going to um, come and share uh, and speak in a few minutes as well. We're sort of doing it between the, the two of us. Um, we're, we're based in Deerham at the moment. I'll say a little bit more about that in due course. Uh, and uh, been there since uh, 2001. And um, as well as being one of the elders in the church there, I also have a sort of a wider responsibility uh, in the relational mission family of churches, bringing some sort of leadership to uh, the churches, particularly in this part of the, the country, Norfolk and North Suffolk. And again, might say a little bit more about that later. Anyway, that's a bit about who we are. So we're going to take some moments together this morning to look at this as a kind of a key verse. And uh, towards the end, I'm going to be asking for some prayers from you. Nikki's going to share a few more thoughts, some lessons perhaps that she's learnt about all kinds of prayer in the private place. And at the end of our time, um, we're going to take a few minutes to do some praying because it's all very fine talking about it, but we actually need to do it. And so we're going to do it, we're going to do that together. So don't worry, you, no one's going to be put on the spot apart from Max. Um, so I see that this is his role in the church, to be put on the spot at short notice. But apart from Max, so no one else will be put on the spot. We're going we're gonna to do, uh, do that praying together at the end. So let me just read, um, the, and also <laughs> a quick apology. Um, I, I'm, I have got a PowerPoint. It's on the desktop of my computer in Durham. So, sorry. <laughs> I realized when I pulled into the car park, oh no, and I have no way of, of uh, accessing it. It's not saved in the cloud. But anyway, that, you're just going to have to imagine there's all sorts of helpful things appearing behind you. So um, Ephesians uh, 6.18, again, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. So um, let's... Uh, begin to look at this together. So the, the first thing that, uh, that, that Paul says then, he, he, he talks about praying at all times. I, I want to kind of emphasize this word all. The word all is used several times in the verse. We'll see it in other places as well. All times. Let's just reflect on that for a moment or two. Now, I don't know about you, but often when I hear uh, this verse, you know, you need to pray all times. I kind of think, oh man, have I got to be praying literally 
all the time. That seems to be what it, it says. And my thought goes, well, I can't, I, you know, I, I find that hard to do. And I immediately almost like have a negative response to that. Uh, but that's not very helpful, uh, I find, to, re- to react to it in that way. And as I've thought about it a little bit more for this morning, hopefully we can see something a little bit more of a positive encouragement and invitation that comes from it. So what, is, what does it mean then to pray at all times? Well, I mean, stating the obvious, it means not just on a Sunday. So Christians don't just pray when they come together on a Sunday church worship meeting. Or it doesn't mean just in a midweek group meeting or just in a a month of prayer or a prayer meeting. It's speaking of something which is much broader, wider, all-encompassing than that. The thing about prayer is that prayer has got everything to do with our relationship with God. God has created this incredible relationship. It's the reason We understand that Jesus died on the cross to make a way for us to enjoy a relationship with our God. The distance, the separation, the alienation that is the human experience, Jesus came to do something about that. He dealt with it. He made a way for us to come into relationship. And prayer is, uh, perhaps one way of understanding it, It's 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 the vessel, it's the... Uh, it's the context, it's the, the means for us to live in a relationship with God. So whenever you think of the word prayer, you should always be thinking relationship. Every individual Christian has a relationship with God. That's what Jesus has done. And prayer is, if you like, the the context for how that relationship happens. That's why uh, the the theme of this morning is all kinds of prayer. It's because a relationship is a a very broad and and wide and and varied kind of thing. So prayer is everything to do with relationship. So every single one of you, if you know that Jesus is your Lord and Saviour, if you have turned to him and asked for forgiveness and new life with God. You have this relationship and this relationship God wants to develop and grow and to, for you to be delighted and to enjoy him and prayer is the mechanism for that. But one of the amazing things about the Christian life is that it's simultaneously individual and corporate. And so the relationship that we have with God is also a relationship that we enjoy together. In fact, there are parts of the Bible, it's not the main message for today, but there are parts of the Bible that would show us that actually you can't enjoy the fullness of knowing your relationship with God on your own. It's impossible to do it. There is an aspect to it that requires a two or three gathering together, or that requires the body coming together. It looks like the children are learning about that this morning, which is fantastic. There's something corporate, there's something individual. It's everything to do with relationship. And prayer is the, is the vessel that God has given us to enjoy and express this relationship with him. So when Paul says that this is an all-times thing, there is something wondrous about what that means. 
You see, in the Old Testament, typically when people wanted to go and express their relationship with God, they had to go to the temple and they had to enlist the help of one of the priests and the priest would act in a sort of a middle person, a mediator role, kind of making the connection between them and God. And it was all prescribed and laid out. There was a sense of distance. I mean, literally the way that the temple was constructed, you couldn't get very near the center where God's presence was most intensely to be experienced. In fact, even the priests couldn't go there. Only one priest was allowed, and he was only allowed one day a year. There was so much distance There was distance in the relationship. There was an awareness that God existed, and yet there was this kind of distance built in. But Paul now says to us, not go to the temple once or twice a year so you can have access to God. He uses this phrase all the time. All times. And what that is telling us is that we have got immediacy of access, perpetual, continuous, everlasting access to God. Just that tiny phrase, all times, is telling you something awesome and amazing. You can enjoy your relationship with God all the time. You don't go to a special place And you don't have to only do it at a special time. And you don't need a special person to help you. Because the Lord Jesus has become all of those things to you. That's why Jesus in one place describes himself as being a temple. That's why Jesus described as a high priest. And Jesus said that he would make his home within you. So you've got everything you could possibly need. The special place, the special person, the special time... It's now because of Jesus. That's what he's done. And so that little phrase, all times, if you're hearing it, well, I'm a bad Christian because I don't pray all the time, you've kind of missed the point. The point of it is that the relationship, the access to a knowing of God and having interaction and dealings with him is always, always available to you. That's why we're going to need all kinds of prayer, because all the time, different things happen at different times, don't they? I hope I'm um, really getting this across to you. Now, of course, if you're sat here today thinking, I'm still a bit new to this Christianity thing, I'm still trying to work out what it's all about, you know, I'm, I'm not quite sure who this Jesus person is. I mean, there's a very strong implication in what I'm saying here, which I'm now going to make plain to you. There is an invitation. Jesus wants you to also enjoy this relationship. He invites you to a relationship that will give you continuous access to him. 24-7, in every situation, on your best days, your worst days, your happy times and your sad times, the times when things are going bad for you, the times when you've got so much to be grateful for, there's an invitation. There's an invitation to you individually to have that relationship. And there's an invitation to you to come and be a part of this people. I mean, already you're incredibly welcome to join with us in worship, But the invitation is, yeah, come and be part of this people who have all the time access. Join together with them. Be a part of it. How do we do that? 
Well, there's not a lot of time to go into that in detail now. But the very heart of it is to speak to that Jesus and say, Jesus, I need you to save me. I need you to forgive me. I need you to be the Lord of my life. I'm inviting your life into my life. Come and be my Lord and my Savior. And a prayer like that, a simple prayer, Lord, save me. Make me one of yours. Give me this all the time access. It's not, it's not how clever your words are. It's the asking him for it. And in that moment, because of everything Jesus has already done by his death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead, in that moment, you access. It's like, literally, it's like plugging in the socket and switching on. In that moment, continuous, perpetual, eternal, everlasting, all the times access to Jesus becomes yours. How wonderful that is. Maybe, maybe as you're hearing this, you're thinking, do you know what? The penny's dropping for the first time. I've been hearing about this for weeks, but I realize that's what I want. If that's you, then speak to someone here that you know that can help you, one of the leaders here or someone that you trust. Say, do you know what? I want that too. Could you just talk to me a bit more about it? Help me. So by the time I leave here, I know I've nailed it once and for all. I mean, I know some of you in the room. I know when some of you did that same thing many years ago and how it changed your life, how you've now got all the time access to Jesus and how it's changed you, that relationship. It's the best. So it's not necessarily the main thing I want to explain this morning, but it's so wonderful that all the time, speaking of our privilege, of what Jesus has made possible. So if you hear it, in the sense of, I'm a bad Christian, I'm failing, you're hearing the wrong thing. When you hear it, you should hear, wow, wonderful privilege and possibility. And the other thing to say about this all the time thing is it's also a reminder to be expectant. Now, in all of your everyday relationships, a lot of the time, the relationship is just kind of going along in a normal kind of way. You're sharing a bit of information. You're explaining something. You just you talk to your friends. But every so often in a human friendship, something amazing happens. So literally, I was stood in here saying hello to Sarah and being like a bad person. I also had, I, She came up to me as I had my phone in front of me. And I was shocked because I'd literally received a message on WhatsApp that a friend of ours down in Bath has, has just given birth. And it was like, oh, and so Sarah was wanting to, but that was a, like a mega piece of information and, and this lady's news of what had happened. Wow, this is big news. I mean, she'd been expecting and now she's got a baby. She'd literally been expecting a baby and there it was. The thing is that in relationship, a lot of time life is every day just pressing on, doing the stuff of life, relating. Every so often, something extraordinary needs to be communicated in a relationship. 11 months ago, something like that happened for me. I was in a place we, with some other leaders. We were talking and praying about things. And I had an encounter with God that was unusual and out of the ordinary. And I'm going to say a tiny bit more about that later on. But to cut to the heart of it, uh, the Lord came and said, okay, there's something altogether new that you didn't know was coming that I'm now telling you about. 
And the consequence of that is that Nikki and I are getting ready to move to Bath this summer as the Lord makes the way possible. We're looking to move there to get involved in uh, starting lots more churches on the west side of the country. And I know as City West, because the word West is in your name, you'll be particularly interested in that. So here we go. All time. Secondly, all kinds of prayer. Paul talks about all kinds of prayer and supplication. Uh, by the way, uh, it, the ESV I read uh, from didn't have the phrase all kinds. If you're using an NIV, I think you'll get it there. So the translators often have put the word all kinds of prayer to try and get the sense of what Paul is talking about here. Picking up that there are all kinds of prayers. There are prayers that, uh, that, that deal with the big things and prayers that deal with the little things. Uh, another kind of example of this would be in 1 Timothy 2.1. Let's just read that together. 1 Timothy 2.1. Paul says, First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, and intercessions and thanksgivings be made for all people. There's that all word again. Do you see the all kinds of prayers? He's listing a whole bunch of different examples there. There are different kinds of ways of praying at different times. There are times to pray privately. There are times to pray in a small group. There are times to pray as a big group, as a whole church. There are times to pray together as a whole group of churches. Uh, just to remind you or let you know that uh, I think it's the second weekend in February, churches from across Norfolk and North Suffolk, we're gathering together in Beckles on that Friday. Friday evening to pray. I guess you'll hear more about it. There are times to pray as churches, plural, in that kind of way. Obviously, you as a church are having this wonderful month where you're praying together. That's fantastic. All kinds of different prayers. Sometimes your prayer might just be groaning before God because you haven't got words. Sometimes the prayers are short. Sometimes they're long. And did you notice there, Paul's reference, he adds another all. He adds the, uh, the prayer for, for all people, doesn't he? Prayers. The, um, the word that Paul is using here in the original language, it's a word that quite often refers to places where people used to pray back in the day. It would often be used of the temple. So maybe if you want to kind of take something away from prayers, there's something about patterns and habits whether it's praying daily or whether it's praying once a week in your small group or whether it's praying as you walk to work. or There are patterns and habits which is us, for us as human beings, that really helps us a lot. Or a place where you gather as a church to pray. We can pray at all times, but there are also places and habits and patterns. So that's the prayers word. Supplication. I don't know about you, I never use that word in normal language. It sounds, it's, a, it's a kind of a Bible word. It, and the reason you, probably none of us use it in everyday language is it's a word you normally use when you go to meet with the king or the queen, which I don't do very often. So it's a word you use to, to go to a king or to a queen and to plead and entreat them to act on your behalf. Well, how, what's the relevance of that? Well, reference back to everything I said before, we have access to the king of kings. <laughs> so actually... We go and visit the king much more frequently than any of our neighbours do. It's crazy, isn't it? You go literally into the throne room and speak to the king and you entreat him, ask him to move. At his invitation, 
It's not like you're going there asking him to do stuff and he's thinking, oh, what are these people doing? Why are they here? No, he says, come on, come on. Bring your entreaties. Bring your supplication. Speak to the king. Ask him to act because he wants to. Wow, that's incredible. So Christians can use the word supplication with understanding. We have access into the throne room, to the throne of God, to God himself who's on the throne. That's what Jesus has made possible. Wow. It's the same word that Paul uses in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 11. Sometimes it's translated supplications. Sometimes it's translated prayers. Let's just read that together. 2 Corinthians one eleven. This has been a real kind of verse for us in relational mission about our corporate praying as a movement together. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 11. You also must help us by prayer so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. Paul is saying, hey guys, we really need your supplications on our behalf. Guys, we really, really need it. Intercessions. Uh, This is something that was new to me. I learned preparing for this. The word has the sense of, of hitting the target really accurately absolutely hitting the bullseye. I don't know, did you watch the darts with that young lad hitting the, the, the dartboard accurately? Maybe you've seen that recently in the news. Uh, what was his name? Is it Luke Littler, is it? Something, something like that. Okay, I've got a few people, a lot of blank faces, so obviously you, don't, you weren't paying attention to that. So what's that got to do with intercession? It means find out what God wants and then pray exactly based on what God says he wants. So prayer is not like a total surprise. What on earth are we supposed to pray? What, how are we meant to pray? Go to God's word, find out what God cares about. Pray, bullseye prayer. Say, God, you said, you said that's what you want. You don't want anyone to perish. So Lord, I'm praying for the people in this community. Let none perish. Pray according to God's revealed will and maybe as uh, we we pray together gifts of prophecy will help us to understand a little bit more of what God's saying to us he'll maybe give us promises now let's use that let's home in on it again and again come on hit that bullseye one more time and again and again get the get your get precision prayer don't just pray vaguely oh God save you know save all the people that what has he said specifically let's really drill into the things he said accurate prayer and did you notice Uh, in several of the verses that the word thanksgiving crops up as well. It's always tied in. There's almost like this cycle. God says, I want you to pray. And then when you get the answers to the prayer, there's thanksgiving. And then what that will do is that will motivate you to pray some more. And then you get the answers. And then you give thanksgiving. There's like a cycle. It's all built together. So when you pray, try to always have a pattern of giving thanks to God for what he's done. Especially where you've got answered prayers. But always keep using thanksgiving. Praise, thanksgiving, intercession, supplication. It's all kinds of prayers, isn't it? Thanksgiving prayers and supplication prayers. Intercession prayers. All kinds of habitual prayers. One-off prayers. The whole lot. All of them. All, we can do them. And also, the little reference. I wish I had it up on the screen behind me. I put it in bold. In the Spirit. So everything that I've been saying... I want you to know that there is power from heaven to help us to do it. So we're not being asked to do something in our own strength. 
as the Holy Spirit fills us, he is going to help us to pray. The Bible's really clear. We'll get help. So ask him to fill you. You'll get help. Ask him to fill you. You're getting the help. Thank you, Lord. Fill me again, Lord. You're, you're going to get help. So always be asking for the Holy Spirit to fill you when you pray. So in the Spirit, ask the Spirit to fill you. Give thanksgiving. Work out what does God want. Home in on it. These are some of the all kinds. Okay, the next one. So we've had um, all the time, all kinds. Next one, all perseverance. I need to speed up now. Um, waiting and delay is normal in the Christian life. Actually, we've already had that bit of the message earlier, haven't we? So we keep on going. We don't just pray. No, you can't win a darts match by throwing one dart. There are many darts that need to be thrown to win the match. And so Jesus, because it's about relationship, he wants us to train us to keep coming back to him. So friends, don't give up. All perseverance, it is normal. It's normal. And that's the backdrop to our story of moving west. Nikki uh, could tell you, if you asked her afterwards, how she had been praying, probably since 2019, asking the Lord to lead her on to the next thing. And he kept saying, you've got to wait. And so she's had to exercise several years' worth of perseverance. And she's done ever so well at that. Last thing then, Paul, the last all of the four. So it's uh, all times, all kinds, all perseverance, the last one, all the saints. In fact, Paul adds, and for me. So it's not selfish to pray for yourself. It's not selfish either to ask people to pray for you. It's a team activity. It's okay to ask for prayer. And at the end of our time, I'm going to ask you to pray for us. I'm really sorry I've gone over a bit, Nikki. Do you want to come and share now? So um, John has said about uh, corporate prayer. And actually, if you look in the Bible, the Bible is full of prayer. places where we're called to pray corporately prayers of many when two or three are gathered but also there is the place for private individual prayer if we look at Jesus what did Jesus do he climbed a mountain to get alone with his father you know Peter when he was put in prison what did he do he didn't moan and groan and say oh no I'm in prison no he straight away worshipped God and was pray praying and praising Um, that place of individual prayer is so important jesus says when you pray go into your room close the door and pray in secret to your father and uh, i just want to uh, share with you um, a book that i have found really helpful Uh, one day i was uh, reading the bible and i stumbled upon this verse um, in psalm 81 and it's uh, verse 7 it says In distress you called, and I delivered you. I answered you in the secret place of thunder. Well, that's a bit weird, because a secret place implies something that is quiet, and that is hidden, that nobody really knows about, and yet it's the secret place of thunder, and thunder is incredibly noisy, incredibly loud, incredibly kind of disturbing. I thought, that's interesting. And then I was on Amazon, and I was, I was just looking for a book. And I saw this, and I thought, oh, that's interesting. I think God might be trying to say something. Um, and it's called The Secret Place of Thunder by John Stark. It says, trading our need to be noticed for a hidden life in, with Christ. I thought, ah, oh, okay, I think I'm going to buy that book and, uh, and see what God might be uh, saying to me. 
So, as I read it, yeah, it really was inspirational. And I want to just talk about three things this afternoon, this morning, as to what prayer is. So, prayer is three things, growing, not grabbing. Prayer is dwelling in dependency. And prayer is humble and hidden. So in, in the book, John Stark makes um, the point that we're living certainly in the Western world with something called performative individualism. It's the need to perform in the correct way. You only have to go onto social media and you will be told that uh, this is the particular look that you need to have. This is the particular way that you need to have your house. Uh, this is the particular form of exercise or food diet that you need to follow. You know, there's, there's kind of a way, you know, you do this, you perform, and your life is going to be good and sweet. And actually, our delicate self can often try to seek the world's approval. And we look for praise as a measure of how well we're doing. But as Christians, our identity is received from God. It's given to us. We receive it from God. We don't have to curate our identity. We don't have to be told, do this, do that, do the other, and that is your identity. No, we receive an identity in Christ. Um, Jesus teaches us to live not for the eyes of others or even for ourselves, but to live in that secret place where our Father in heaven sees what we're doing and uh, growing takes time it's a journey you know you think of a plant growing it's not really very pretty as it grows you know there is a process you know a little shoot sticks out and then it gets a bit bigger you get a few leaves you get a bud the process isn't always pretty and it's often unglamorous and it takes time um, I'm reminded of William Carey I love this quote um, he said to his nephew that if anyone should write a biography of his life, um, this is what they should say. If he, give, if he gives me credit for being a plodder, he will describe me justly. I love that. You know, life is, is sometimes about plodding. It's not all, you know, lights and all the rest of it. It's actually about plodding. Plodding on with the Lord and keeping on going, perseverance. And so the secret place is the place where we eat the solid food that God has given us. What is that solid food? It's the Bible. And then we pray along the, uh, with, um, with the Bible in mind. We pray verses back to God. I, I love this one in Colossians 1, verse 9. This is Paul speaking about the, um, the church at Col Col Colossae. That's right, isn't it? Colossae. Um, Since we heard about you... We've not stopped praying for you. This is really interesting because it wasn't Paul that planted that church. It was Epaphras. In fact, they think that Paul didn't even go to the church when he wrote this. He wrote this letter. He hadn't been there. But because he held the churches in his heart, he was able to say, since we heard about you, we've not stopped praying. And, uh, and it's like we need to pray these scriptures back to God. So what did he pray? We pray that you walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. 
praying for character development. Now, that's an interesting one. How often do we pray for people to get saved? We pray for church programs to work. How often do we actually pray for people that their life in God would grow, that they would grow to maturity, that they would bear fruit in every good work? And I'm, I'm more and more convinced that when we pray scripture back to God, we're praying God's heart. Um, that those, this, John made reference to praying along the, the will of God. And I, I really believe that when we pray scripture back to God, we are praying uh, in the spirit. Um, my second point is dwelling in dependency. It's a beautiful verse in uh, Psalm 91, verse 1. It says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. In some versions, it doesn't say shelter, but it uses the word secret place. And this secret place is a place that can be cultivated. It's a mobile place from which we operate. So yes, we go to the secret place in quiet, away from people, to pray to our Father. But then when we go out into the world, we actually are in that secret place. It's like a mobile place. And then we respond to people, we respond to situations from that place of peace because we've been with Jesus in the secret place. So it's a mobile place. It's a place of silence. It's a place of being still, focusing on God, thanking him for who he is, pondering the cross, reminding ourselves of what Jesus has done for us, you know, pouring out thanksgiving for everything that he's given us. And it's from that place that we then go into asking him for things, prayers of petition. I believe this is how David strengthened himself in the Lord, by starting from that secret place and, and praying prayers of thanks. And dwelling is resting in God, but it often involves wrestling. In fact, you have to wrestle in order to rest. I'm sure that all of you can identify with starting to pray and then your mind wanders and you get mental drift because you're thinking about the shopping list or you're thinking about that meeting or you're thinking about what you've got to do. There is a wrestling in order to get to that place of resting. But in that place of rest, then that's when the spirit starts to bubble up and you, get, you start thanking God. You start really focusing on who he is. And that's that place of rest when you realize just how awesome a God that we serve. It's the place of complete surrender to him. I think God absolutely loves it when we say, I can't do this, Lord. Don't know the answer. I can't cope. Please help me. I think God loves it when his children say that because then he just scoops us up and he gives us more of his spirit and he gives us what we need in order to face that difficult circumstance. And also, the place of the Most High is a place that can't be breached. You know, when we're in that secret place, we are safe. Um, I, I'm always reminded of that lovely um, picture. You prepare a place for me 
and you prepare a table for me in the, in the place of my enemies. And I have a picture that I return to, and it's of riot shields all around me, and the clamor is behind the riot shields, and I'm sitting in the middle of those riot shields, eating with Jesus, and the clamor might be going on all around me. The circumstances haven't changed, but I'm in the middle, and I'm eating with Jesus, and I'm eating his word, and I'm getting fed, and I'm getting nourished. And you know what? That clamor can go on, but those riot shields are not going to be breached because I'm in that secret place with Jesus. And there's that, obviously, that lovely well-known verse in John 15, 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is praying the will of God, praying the things that are on God's heart because it's in the secret place that God speaks to you. And then last of all, humble and hidden. You know, God absolutely hates pride and he calls us to walk humbly with him. And in that secret place, in Isaiah 45, 3, it says, I will give you the treasures of darkness and the hordes in secret places that you may know that it is I, the Lord, who calls you by name. God calls us to a hidden life. It's a seed that lies dormant that is being prepared and made ready for shoots to appear. But the dormancy is a fruitful time because as you spend time in the secret place with Jesus, he works on your character, he works on your heart, and he speaks to you. You do business with him. And so it's, it may be hidden, but actually God is doing work in our hearts to change us and to make him more like him. And it's all about dying, isn't it? Dying for Christ. John the Baptist said, I must decrease, he must increase. In the secret place, Jesus is increasing in our lives. And it's continual fellowship. It's like a mindset of like carrying the spirit with you into all situations. So finally... God wants our hearts. That's what he wants. He doesn't want our works. He doesn't particularly want our prayers. He just wants our hearts. But when you give him your heart, that is prayer. And it's from giving him your heart that prayers flow out. But it all starts with relationship, as John has said. It's about relationship with him. How could I have a good relationship with John if I didn't communicate with him, if I didn't listen to him, if I didn't maybe take his advice from time to time, um, that is relationship. And our Heavenly Father, it's just the same. We need to sit, we need to listen, and he will speak. He will speak because he loves speaking to his people. But we need to take time to listen. And it's in that secret place that we learn to listen and we learn to uh, follow what it is that he's asking us to do. Oops. Great. So we're going, to, we're going to finish up by doing some practical praying together now. So you will know what the protocols are with collecting children. So if you, if you need to go and collect your children, feel free. It's going to be a little bit of a, little bit of a bustle in here because we're going we're to do something that's physically active. So 
This is going to be interesting to see just how skillful you are. I want us to create one, one big circle in here. So you can't really stay on your seat. I don't think that won't work. So quickly, let's form a circle, and then I'll tell you what to do next. Come on, circle. So around the edge of the room. I don't think you can stay in the middle. That won't work very well. <clears throat> what do you reckon? Circles don't normally have corners, but I understand there's a bit awkward fitting in. Great, okay. So we're going to pray for several things. The way we're going to do it is, yeah, if you want to hold hands, that's fine. Um, but because we're going to, it's up to you. That's totally up to you. Um, <laughs> uh, the way we're going to do this is, um, for each of the things that I'm going to encourage us to pray for, I'm going to ask just two or three people, because of the time, to just lead out on behalf of all of us, nice and loud from where you are. So, at the moment, we're looking in, and we're going to pray for Norwich, and in particular, the community where you're working. So, perhaps two or three people now lead us in prayer for your community and your city. Off you go. Two or three people. Amen. Okay, next we're going to pray for Norfolk. So I've got a compass here. My compass tells me that that way is east, which means that way must be west, which means that that way is south, and that way is north. So I want you to just think, which direction is your back pointing at the moment? (laughs) Yeah? And I want you to think of towns or areas of the county that uh, are there. So what we're going to do for this one, uh, I've just decided, is we're going to, in just a moment, we're going to turn around, and for one minute, I want you to pray for some of that part of the county. You can, you can whisper under your breath, you can pray out loud, or you can pray in your head if you prefer to. So, uh, so that, no, 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 we're all going to do it all at the same time, because of the time. So, do you know which, so, so, Turn around so you're facing out, and I'm going to count to three, and on three, start praying for that part of Norfolk. If you don't know where, to, just pray for anywhere. So one, two, three, pray. Lord Jesus, we pray for our county of Norfolk, and Lord, north, south, east, and west, we ask you, Lord, for the churches that are already there, bless them in their ministry, in their mission, strengthen them, lead them out into their neighborhoods, into the villages that are nearby to them. Lord, we pray for the many other towns and villages and areas, estates, Lord, in the city, Lord, where we're not working yet. Lord, show us where to go. Lead us in mission. Lord, we want to see Norfolk and North Suffolk. We want to see it saturated with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Many more churches planted in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. We're going to pray for one more thing in a moment. I just want to uh, mention that uh, the first weekend in February... That our churches in Norfolk and North Suffolk, we're gathering in Norwich for a day conference called From Everywhere to Everywhere. And one key feature of the day is going to be praying for our mission in Norfolk. So please come, come and meet the people from the different churches and church plants. Come and be a part of it. We really need you. So the last thing is, Nikki, you come with me into the middle. We, we want to ask you uh, to pray for us. We've not had much time to share in any great detail, but we're moving to Bath in the summer, uh, God willing, and the reason that we're going is we're looking to launch this new church planting initiative for relational mission, which is called Go West. The heart of it is we're wanting to see many churches planted 
all over the west of the United Kingdom. So that includes Wales and the southwest. It includes the West Midlands. In fact, it includes half of Scotland. It, it includes a lot of places. But we're looking, yeah, Northern Ireland. We're looking to start in Bath anyway. And uh, so we'd love you to pray for us. Ask God to lead us and direct us. Uh, there's a few leaflets about it on the, on the table at the back. Perhaps you could take that away and, and continue to pray for us over the coming months. There's contact details there as well if you want to find out a bit more of how to pray. But just, uh, we would love you now, perhaps uh, just one or two people, I know the time is gone, but just one or two people, if you would pray for God to bless uh, this, this mission initiative. So please pray for us. One, one or two of you, lead out. <laughs>